Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the weekend of it's John Givens hosting. Neil Atkinson still away. We believe he's in the country. Uh, we're not quite back at the Anfield Wrap yet. Uh, but I'm in the hot seat and I'm delighted to be so. And even more delighted because I've got Adam Mealy, I've got Stu Wright, I've got Chris Page out from Redmen TV, and I've got Philippa Smallwood and the Heating Producing today. And we're going to talk about, well, the week that's gone and the weekend coming up. But first of all, we've just been laughing about it and I want to bring it up this the Barcelona fine. Uh, what I really wanted to do was to do a quiz in the room. I was hoping you'd not seen it. I've guessed how much Barcelona have been fined for tapping up uh, Griezmann and doing it in a kind of like a high or lower kind of form. You know, play what's the price is right. I wanted yeah. to play because I just want to be a game show host. Basically, <laughs> like this is all this is all the build up. I'm fuming that Ireland's got supermarket sweep. Uh, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a blow to me to be honest, Adam. He's good people though. I think. No, I like Ireland, yeah. but I just wanted the job. Yeah, All he's right, got he's well. got he's got he's got more jobs than he needs. I reckon Ireland. Yeah. I like I admire a man who works as hard as he does. Yeah, but he's but he's, he's got a lot of gigs at the moment. That's it. At some time, at some point during people's careers, TV companies decide that you've got the golden touch and can do <laughs> can do anything. <laughs> yeah, he's safe. He's a safe yeah. pair of hands. Safe pair. All of hands. a sudden, Ireland. Who who'd have known when he went on to the X Factor with Bleach Bond there? Anyway, are you, you but everyone's seen it. You've all seen it. it is. I've never seen a Rylan. Is that what you call them? <laughs> Rylan, you're, you're not aware of Rylan's work. No. Oh, you miss him. You will be. He's the I re- you've sold him. Like, I really <laughs> want to see him and I really want to know who he he's, is now. He's, 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 I don't know, where the hardest working man in show business. Okay. Uh, he's doing supermarket sweep. He's just got something out, going to do a big job as well. Pet rescue. Well, <laughs> 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 Dion Dublin got home to the, the hammer. Yeah. That was good. Uh, but you all know the, 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 the Barcelona. Is, is 300 euros which is an unreal fine but best of all Adam's just told me that they're appealing it <laughs> <laughs> which I reckon costs more than yeah. 300 euros like just in people's time and so they, they tapped up a youth player or something was it yeah. Griezmann oh, was it, oh Griezmann, Griezmann I yeah. tapped up Griezmann I thought I genuinely had to read it twice thinking they just missed off the million <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here 100,000 or whatever yeah. it was I, 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 I had to open it up and I was like oh no it's a paltry sum of 300 it's such a good it's funny because I've just had to pay a, a, like a speeding thing uh, it was like 100 quid and it just feels like I mean I know you shouldn't speed ladies and gentlemen listening and it is naughty um, but you know I mean it, 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 it doesn't feel particularly relative in, in, in this situation you could have done it three more times and got Griezmann <laughs> Maybe that's what he would do it. Maybe yeah. that's what he's actually been done for. He's driving too fast on the way back. To get him. <laughs> Once he said he'd come. Picking him up. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, we could... his mind again. <laughs> Quick. We could talk about all this all day, but uh, we should probably talk about the actual football that took place uh, last night, Philip. Uh, we went to MK Dons. You went down, didn't you? I did, yeah. You were in the car. Did you enjoy it? I did. It was just really good away, to be honest. Um, nice journey down. And then it's a nice stadium, isn't it, actually? You've done well, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bit in the middle of nowhere, but then there's everything that you could ever need 
around the stadium for me. I probably didn't get to sample it, but I had a nice pizza in Pizza Express. So. They, they, I mean, they've, they've got all the all the delights of, of chain eating, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. All, all the big hitters are there. Bella Italia, Nando's, yeah. just opposite TGI the Fridays. TGI Fridays is there, Albert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tim Smith, he's, he's, he's done a few shows, had to leave his bag in there uh, <laughs> because he'd come from London, he was sort of coming back from us. So, like, yeah. so we met at TGI Fridays after, so it is, yeah. 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 It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they, they really nailed that. Um, did anyone else go? You went, Dad. Yeah, yeah, I went down. It was good. Um, yeah, I mean, when you say it's in the middle of nowhere, Philippa, I think that's that's Milton Keynes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is odd. It's it's just like, load of roundabouts. It's very strange. It's, I mean, it's it's old ground. Probably everyone everyone knows that it's a, that it's I, odd. It's, I didn't it's know been, that they were sponsored roundabouts. Yeah, so. sponsored. Yeah, they're all sponsored. This roundabout brought to you by yeah, the, uh, <laughs> and named as well. So it's like the Rutherford roundabout, sponsored by Loop. It's <laughs> sponsored <laughs> by a local taxi firm. Yeah, there's quite a lot of Rutherford stuff. Greg Rutherford, originally from Milton Keynes. That made me laugh when I saw that in the pub. So that you mean he moved away? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. I mean, these games are nice, Chris, because there's not the quite the pressure of the league games, which we can't. You know, it feels like we can't possibly drop a point ever again, or we're not going to win a league title. Um, for the league cup, obviously, we wanted to go through, and it's good that we haven't gone through. But it doesn't have that feel. It was it was like watching football in the olden days. Yeah, it was, and, and that's the problem with Liverpool. And yeah, it's the thing that we love most about Liverpool at the moment, isn't it? That every game matters. Like you can't lose it, like you've just said there. So, but I was looking forward to the game yesterday. I just wanted to see how these young lads that we've been talking about now for a little while would go out there and perform on the pitch and. I think Klopp got it right with the blend of youth and experience. I don't think, you know what, I think actually the most important point that no one I've I've spoken to has talked about is the fact that everyone knows the Pep Linders is how we're saying it now, yeah. like we're all on the Linders bus. Linders now. So Pep Linders took the press conference, but Klopp was gone for three days. So Linders and, and Kravitz are the ones that probably have prepped that team for the game. Yeah. And I've not heard enough praise go to them for that. And he's the perfect guy to be able to bring in those youth players and blend them into the team, because he was the developmental coach, <laughs> isn't he? So I thought it was brilliant for him and for the team to be able to perform the way that he did. What was Jürgen up to for three days then? Do you know he anymore? He went to Milan, didn't he, for the best awards? I know, but it's not a three-day trip. Oh, Did he go with Mick Clark? Three-day trip out of that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go the day before, little beers, sort your suit out in yeah. Milan. Is it fashion week? Yeah. Why not? Why yeah, not? I don't know. Fair play. Um, did you enjoy Stu? I did. I did, yeah. Um... I don't know why I was sound so surprised. I know that you asked me a question, but I did, yeah. <laughs> it's been a weird show. Yeah, it has. Um, what I what I kept thinking when I was watching it was, I remembered when we weren't quite the team that we we, we are now. When we were a, a Rafa team, and you know we had a great team under Rafa. I loved them, and when we had a Hulé team, and we were we were a team that. <clears throat> I always thought we were more than the sum of our parts. We always kind of punched above our weight. We 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 were always still looking up at at, at one or two, maybe three teams that that seemed to do better than us. We were we were we were often finishing fourth, getting the fourth Champions League position. When it ever came to the League Cup, and you see Arsenal resting a load of players, put out a whole second string, but they play brilliant football. Yeah, they play great football, and we try and do it. Uh, and and we couldn't. Snap. I mean, our first team at time wouldn't play the football that Arsenal played. But yeah. our second, our second thing would really struggle. And I mean, I remember when we played Arsenal and we tried to do that, and then they beat, they beat us about five two or something. And Anfield, six, 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 three, six, three, something yeah. crackers, Batista. Mm, but there was, there was loads of times where you you, you look at it and think we just 
we're just not as good at the, at the, the slick technical football and, and certainly not with the second string but I was watching that last night just just enjoying myself I think the pressure is on isn't it at the moment when we're watching the league Liverpool playing the league cup because you don't feel like it's do or I like we've got to we've got to do well in this to try yeah. and win a stroke feet it's kind of like just a just a bonus and it might get to a point come Christmas where you're thinking it's not even a bonus it's a pain in the arse but at this point <laughs> watching it last night it was it was it was just enjoyable you're just, you're just happy to see you know some of these kids and it, it's exciting isn't it to see some of them express themselves and um, yeah I just enjoyed it it was lovely yeah, it was a nice mix of players, wasn't it, Adam? It was, it was, you know, sometimes when it's just kids, it just seems a bit pointless to me because they're all normally playing with each other and they don't get that. I think some players play better with better players and, and you want to see that. So the likes of Curtis Jones, for example, you want to you want to see him playing, you know, with the likes of Chamberlain rather than just the, the, the guys who he always always plays with. And I think that helped a few of them that helped, you know, so, so we got to see kind of what someone like Harvey Elliott looks like when, when he's Fantastic, got good movements yeah. around him and he's, and he's, and he's you know, Got to see him take responsibility when more senior players were there as well, which is really nice to see. He was popping up everywhere. I, I noticed he was he was sort of on uh, switch switching sides and like really really you could see him growing into it and really fancying it. I think that we've tried to do that in the past, but this was actually the perfect game for it. I think we tried against Wolves last year, but obviously Wolves are miles better than these. I think to be fair. Uh, you know, we, we're basking in the glow of a win, but I did realise quite quickly that MK Dons were a bit crap, and, and so it was like, "This is this is going to be fine. This is, this will be relaxing." <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, and we were in the middle of a bit of an injury crisis during the the, the Wolves one, and then Lovren goes off injured after ten seconds or something, doesn't he? So, um, it, I, I thought I thought that, that that this thing we've been we've been trying to do worked worked really well last night. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, and and some because because sometimes you can sit here and sort of talk about and and it did happen a little bit about about how the the, the kids are good and the and the experienced pros have let you down. I mean, did, nobody let us down last night, but um, it was it, it, it was it was definitely you definitely learn more about some and then others. You think, well, yeah, I can I, you know if if everyone's on their own personal journey, I'm I'm a bit like. I'm not sure what the point in, in Lalana there it is really in the number six. How, how often are we going to see that in the future? And but then on on the on the more positive side, people like people like like Harvey Elliott. It's just I don't know. I just thought he was thought he was brilliant. I, I, I love I love seeing a player like that instantly have a, have just the touch, just the the, the, the touch of a footballer. Just a bit of a swagger, you know? hasn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching him. I think he's probably the most excited I've been since like Sterling came through, really. And you know, you was excited to see him play with like all the best players at the club. And I feel a bit like that with Harvey Elliott. I wouldn't have any qualms about putting him on the bench at the weekend if needed. With Shakiri being out, to be honest. And and he wouldn't that wouldn't phase him either, would it, Chris? And that's what you you like about him is that you know if if he if he didn't need to be on the bench at the weekend or, or we just chose to use him in that way like he, he seems like a lad who'll just take anything in his stride and absolutely he's got that he's got a cocky swagger about him hasn't he and, and you need that some some people need that some players need that and some players don't but he's got it and like the way he went the past two players whipped the hell of a ball in for James Milner that's outstanding football at any level it doesn't matter who you're playing against there to, to take those opportunities and use the space the way that you did and then hit that cross absolutely brilliant but for me it was Milner who was the one who, who started everything. You know, when he first went past that right back and pulled the ball back for Harvey Elliott to hit the bar, that gave everybody the freedom to express themselves yeah. properly. And he literally, I think he was talking to Curtis Jones, going, go on, I'm allowed to do it, I'm the left back. 
you can go and I've just showed you the move that's going to go past him. That was yeah. when the game came to life, wasn't yeah. it? You're right. And, and he really started it and kicked everyone on. And he was absolutely unbelievable, Milner. Mm. He was my man in the match, to be honest. And he was giving out free lessons. Clops as well. Was he? And yeah. he was giving out free tuition to anyone who was stood in front of him. Was it Curtis Jones? Was it somebody else? It didn't matter, like. Yeah, he's 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 great, isn't he? He's like you know he's old enough to be Harvey's dad, but you know he's and I just think fair play to him as well because like you know he's being asked to play for our second team at left back, yeah. which is like it's like a double whammy, isn't it? Do you know what I mean, Stu? Like he obviously feels like he he should be in the first team every week. Like I mean, there's probably about twenty of them who do. He's not alone on that. And then he's saying, no, you've got to go to Milton Keynes to play with these lads, but at left back as well. But he just he just sort of gets on with it, and he's now I saw the stat before. He's now scored in every season since two thousand and two, two thousand and three. He scored in every That's top crazy. eight season, and like. He's just boss, isn't he? Yeah, and, and, and Chris is right, you know, because I noticed last night that he didn't shut up. He was he was talking people through the game, you know, from beginning to end, and, and it was great. And you look at it and you think, and Klopp must think this as well, he must think, what were, what on earth? How did Manchester City let him go? Hmm. You know, I know, it was, I know it was ultimately his choice, but yeah. they could have done more to keep him, because what a player to, to, to have in the squad. He's one of these fellas that you never want you never want to leave. You hope that he, you know, he stays. I don't know this talk about him, potentially maybe he'll want to go home to Leeds if they get, ever come up, but you'd want him to stay in the backroom staff, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. want him to stay part of the club. He's just one of these fellas that, that embodies everything that, that you want in terms of the, the mentality uh, that you want in the dressing room. I just want to say as well, just just from what Adam said as well around the um, some of the other established pros who played last night, um, completely agreed about Lalana. Just it just seemed pointless, and I was I was I was intrigued for about five minutes, and then I saw him get closed down. I thought, no, this 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 isn't going anywhere. This I don't know when it happens but, again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't see it because because in my head I'm thinking it's. You'd think it'd work against a, a lesser team, but actually they're going to be more likely to close them down and be a bit more of a, of mm. a bruise and target them. So you think, well, maybe that'd be better off against a, a more technical team, maybe in the Champions League. But you think there's just no way on earth that's ever going to happen. But the other two in midfield, I thought, just just in fairness to them, in Kaita and Ox, I just thought that you could tell they hadn't had minutes in the body and actually they, their purpose on the pitch was to get minutes to get mm. get an hour in them whereas some of the other younger players they're playing for under 23s week in week out I'm, I'm thinking at the moment where's, where's Keita who's been injured anyway on Ox apart from when he, Ox is coming on and getting the odd sub appearance yeah. when is he actually getting he needed that he needed it yeah. he needed it so I think actually the, the benefits of that will, will come in time for those two because I, I think they've got loads to offer I think he's toiling a bit, Ox. I think he's. You can still still. You can still tell he's in in recovery, and I think it's probably mm. just. I'm just guessing. It's maybe not the most enjoyable. He's frustrated, isn't he? Yeah. You can see it minute. all over his face because he's he's playing and he's doing the thing that he's been <coughs> picturing, but it does not. It's not coming off for him. Yeah. It's not working in his head. Mm. His legs aren't working like he like he thinks that they uh, they should be. Whereas I mean. Lovren's legs are working exactly the same. <laughs> as they always have I'm sort of going to stick up for Lallana a bit. Well, I'm going to sort of stick up for all of them. And I think I think all three of them would have quite liked to have been playing with Gini Wijnaldum. And I think it was sort of felt yeah. like that a bit to me. Like, if you look at... I, I did a, a second look show before and, and I looked at the, the average starting... Well, the average positions of the players in the game. And uh, Keita's the same as Curtis Jones. Like, he's yeah. exactly the same. He's right up there as well. And I, and I think, you know, Chamberlain, you know, he's obviously in there in there to drive sort of forward, really. And then Lallana's just sort of miles behind them, just like, just sort of playing in midfield almost on his own in, in terms of this thing. And I think, 
I don't know. I think I think I think for some for someone like Kaito, I think I think you know he he did probably prefer to have a bit more of a steady idea alongside him. I think I think Chamberlain and Kaito were just sort of looking at each other and going, well, you know what? Who's going in? Yeah, yeah. And it was sort of neither of them a better than Alana. You know, he's trying to sort of you know play the position is. You know, and, and try to kind of do his, his do his best with it, and and see how you go. And I don't know, Chris. I just I just think that you know, it's 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 not a night to kind of judge anyone too harshly. Really, I think you know you can see that some players made a better case than others in terms of being being involved sooner rather than later but but if Kaita was sat here he might go do you know what I just wanted a bit of a run around for a bit and get some minutes in me like so I didn't realise oh you're going to take it that seriously well we do so <laughs> I tell him to fuck off quite frankly but no I'd be looking at it and going that first 45 from Kaita was brilliant anyway it was it was afterwards you know 15 minute break me and John will know like if we're playing footy for 45 minutes and you ask me to stop for 15 minutes we're probably not getting back out, out of our chair <laughs> you know what I mean and he hasn't played since the community shield when he got injured so I can understand that the, the thing that I liked about Oxley Chamberlain though was he actually improved as the game goes on yeah. and his touch did seem to come back now I think everyone knew he was going to take a shot from 25 at some point. Every time he picked the ball up, he shaped to do it and someone blocked him. He eventually gets that shot off, he hits the post. But those last 15 minutes from him were about 65 to about 80, were probably his best 15. And that's encouraging for me. That means that he can still, he is still improving and his touch is coming back. Um, as a man who's um, taking an interest in our reserve goalkeepers over the years, Adam, um, we've got a third one now who looks quite good. I know. I thought he was. I, I I thought he was good. I think I saw him playing for the for the youth team um, a while ago, and and was probably pushing for him to be ahead of Minnelay, <laughs> knowing me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I I was I to be honest, uh, so, so as not to after time this, I wouldn't have played him. I would have played Adrian. Uh, I, I thought that was the only one where I thought is that a risk too far. Uh, pre-game before I sort of saw that MK Dons weren't, weren't much cop but I, I thought that um, I, I just thought a, a, a young goalie uh, behind all the other young young players is, is maybe one thing one risk too many I, I would have maybe said before the game but uh, it was it was fine and at times really really good Oh, I think we're downplaying this. I, I don't want to put pressure on the lad, but I thought he was sensational. <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he was incredible. He's all I've wanted to talk about so far. Really? I, I absolutely he loved him. About the other big oh, yeah, forget him. I just thought, you know, what you just said there is a young goalkeeper coming in, and it can be a, a daunting prospect. And we've seen before, not just for Liverpool, we've seen youth, youth goalkeepers come and play for other teams in, in cup games, and it just, they look lost, don't they? They look yeah. like a, a bag of nerves. He just looked like he was born to be there, and he's got the physical presence of it as well. He dominated his box. You know, he had a couple of moments where you know he's, he's feeling his way in, but but generally, I thought I thought he was great, and uh, yeah, I, I was blown away. I was really, really. If if I was if I was a championship or lower lower down the league Premiership manager, I'd be looking to loan him. All day long, I'd be looking to take him because I thought he looked. I mean, you know, I'm basing this on <laughs> 90 minutes against MK Dons, but, but I thought he was great, really good. I'm excited, can you tell? Loved him. <laughs> hey, yeah, no one saw that coming. Here's <laughs> anyone got any other business from me on Keynes before we move anyone on? be keeping anything else secret, like <laughs> <laughs> anyone holding anything in? Now's the time to get it out. Don't leave it in the tank. <laughs> I actually quite like the look of Hoover, to be honest. I know he had a it's few a nice shakes, goal, and I yeah. love that he's doing. 
Yeah. That that run no that he made to, yeah, there. absolutely. Like I was thinking that cross isn't going to anybody, and then you just see him like running in, and you just knew there was only one place it was going straight away. But uh, he popped up like that for for Holland under whatever's, didn't he? He, he scored a, a, a similar goal. Uh, yeah, he's he's, 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 he's looked brilliant to me. I'd like, I'd maybe would have liked to have seen him at, at centre half, but yeah, he's, he looks looks really good. As, yeah. as somebody said on one of the other shows, he he doesn't look seventeen. You know, he's, yeah. he's one like like we, we had with um, with Trent, but more I suppose with Trent it was more just he's a, he's a year ahead ability wise of where he where he, he, he should have been. Um, Hoover's just Hoover's physically and ability wise looks looks older than his years. It's really, it's really unusual. I think it doesn't come it doesn't happen very often. But you look at that if you like what was the basis of a youth team there, and you think I think there's three or four youth players there that are going to have careers. very good careers. Whether yeah. it's at Liverpool or not, mm. there's, there's three or four top-level fussy players there, I think, and, and you know, th- that's great. Yeah. Just going back to Harvey Elliott as well, I couldn't help but think last night, you know, Fulham were struggling so much last season, I was thinking, how did he not get more minutes for them, you know? They had some good players anyway, though. Yeah, it was just weird. Weird, wasn't it? But it was. It was all mad. Uh, but the profile that Liverpool players and, and the youth team have got now, it's not like we're like, oh, where are we going to put these lads? It's like we know where we're going to put the lads, and we and we know how we're going to use them, and yeah. it's whether they can play in the same way. And I think with the likes of James Milner and the experienced pros mixed with them, everyone knew where they were supposed to be, and that's why it didn't feel disjointed. How many times have we sat here and watched Capital One Cup games or whatever the League Cup games, and it's just been so poor that is the first time I've ever genuinely been excited by watching one of those blended teams together yeah. and the, so, someone needs massive praise for that like would everyone pick a all again against Arsenal I, I mean, would more actually or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 definitely I mean I think the it's only an annoying draw but yeah I don't know yeah. that's a tough run of games we've got there because you start it, I think you've got Tottenham a few days before, yeah. haven't you? you? You, it's two games a week, and and in those like eight games, you've got Manchester United, you've got Tottenham, you've got Arsenal, you've got Manchester City, and away at Genk, a home at Genk. Mm. It's a, it's a tough run, but what makes me think, yeah, you play the kids again, or maybe not, is that the draws opened up. United are playing yeah. Chelsea. Mm. All of a sudden, it's probably just City and one of them. <laughs> And so there's a real you can you can almost see the trophy, and at that point I'd start going, Do you know what? Four of the six, I think they said on commentary, the last Premier League winners have won this competition. Yeah, it'd I be a nice little thing. In a way, though, you could you could just drop Allison and Van Dijk in. Into any, yeah. any, any, yeah. any the, the other nine could You're be anyone. You're desperate to get rid of him. You've dropped him twice. When is the next round? It's uh, end of October. Last, Al- last so Alison's back. Yeah. So yeah. Adrian's going to be in goal. Yeah. yeah. Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Stu's just sold his ticket. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> listen, we've got uh, Joe coming in now. Well, I spoke to Matty earlier in the day. We're going to drop it in now. Uh, Joe Bluff from SOS, who was speaking to about the trademark situation. The trademark situation, if you like, has been resolved. Liverpool have been unsuccessful in trademarking Liverpool, the word Liverpool, uh, from a footballing point of view. And obviously, Joe from Spirit of Shankly and Spirit of Shankly uh, themselves more widely had campaigned against that. So we spoke to Joe about his reaction to today's news. And here it is. 
And it's John Gibbons now for the weekend. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone uh, by Joe Blot from Spiritus Shankly, who we had in a couple of weeks ago. We did a bit of a free special about the trademarking situation and, and what Liverpool were trying to do there. And we put forward kind of both sides of the argument. And, and Joe came in and spoke very eloquently about, about why Spiritus Shankly opposed it. And it seems, Joe, that the, uh, the people in charge of these sorts of things agree with you and it's, it's not going to go through. Hi, John. Uh, yes, um, really victory for common sense, really. Um, I'm, I'm pleased that the application hasn't been re- withdrawn. It's actually been refused uh, by the IPO, which, which I think is a, a really strong position for them to take. Um, and I think that's the right decision as well. Yeah, it, it feels it feels the right decision to me, and that's that's kind of me me, me speaking as an individual. You know, it, it just it just it just never quite felt right from the from the start when when you when we heard about it, and obviously we had to hear about it through through people doing their own sort of private investigating, if you like, um, you know, rather than kind of communications from the club and. You know, maybe that's one for later, but 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 just just from you know, as soon as kind of heard about it, you know, it, it's it's sometimes hard to put in the words. Although although both yourself and Lucy, who came in, it did so very well. It's just sometimes you gut feeling is this just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I mean, I think if I was if I was sitting there outside the spirit of Shankly, you know, just as a as a Liverpool citizen, I'd be thinking this is this is wrong. Um, it's wrong for anyone to to try and own our city's name. Um, let alone, you know, the, the, the football club or, or even worse, you know, owners who live in Boston. Um, you know, it's just not right. Um, and I think what we've seen is, you know, a real strength of feeling, not just the supporters who we've got behind the, the, the campaign, um, but also the city at large. You know, clearly we, we know the city council uh, were in particularly uh, challenged by it. Uh, we also know that the, the Metro Mayor uh, was concerned about it. Um, and I, and I think that's that's part of the problem with this is that, you know, we did talk about this at the time a few weeks ago, and it, you know, it's a bit of a sorry tale in some ways that um, we did hear about it through the grapevine. Um, you know, Spirit of Shankly, who convened the meeting uh, with with uh, the City of Liverpool and other associated football clubs, plus um, plus the traders with with Liverpool Football Club. Um, it shouldn't be us who are having to, to, to set that meeting up, really. But we felt we had to um, in order to get a conversation going. And, and in reality, you know, if that consultation, if that discussion had taken place at the outset, maybe the football club would have seen that the strength of feeling um, and also realised the implications of what they were doing. Um, and, you know, maybe they didn't see the, the consequences and the unintended consequences of just what they were putting in place, which, which would have had damaging effects. As I say, not just on, on on the traders and football supporters, but just on the city in general. Yeah, um, Liverpool have said that they're not going to appeal the decision, which is good news, so it does feel like it's over. Uh, also, Peter Moore said that he was surprised by the strength of feeling against it. Are you almost surprised by his surprise? Yeah, I mean, I, I am to an extent. I'm disappointed to, to agree, because I mean, he, he, he often says, doesn't he, that you know, he's a... He's, he's in a privileged position and he's he's chuffed a bit that he's a, he's a scouser in charge of his, of his football club. Well, he kind of should have known then that we weren't going to take this lightly. Um, and, and, and if he didn't think of the strength of feeling, well, he, he certainly could have got a feel for it if he'd have spoken to people. Um, so even if he's not absolutely in the know about it, you know, and, and who can claim to be absolutely 100% sure of, what, of what, how a city's going to respond. But if he's not sure, then ask people. Um, and I think hopefully that's what we can get from this is that the football club would realise that 
you know, you can't just basically ride roughshod through um, an issue uh, without having um, conversations with, with 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 interested parties. More importantly, having having real dialogue and open dialogue and open discussion, uh, which hopefully would you know is something that we can we can strive for now with them. Do you think that feels more likely now than Joe? I mean, obviously, there's you know, I mean, me and you know full well that there's been sort of promises and and you know ideas in, in the past of greater communication and then, and then it, and it hasn't happened um to be to be perfectly frank and um, do you think this is maybe a, a, a can be seen as an opportunity that that, that spirits of shankly can be seen as an asset to liverpool rather than some rather than a pain and and could be something that you know maybe kind of makes you know it helps everyone realize really that, that we are stronger when we work together that there are voices out there who can help liverpool you know in terms of making decisions to benefit us all and that and that spirit of shankly as i say are there as something that that should be seen as an asset to liverpool rather than this kind of threat if you like i, w- I would hope so um you know i i think you know we've got a good track record of doing that of, of opening up our arms to try and do it you know as i say we we facilitated the discussion between between the club and the traders and and, and, and the other uh, interested parties. You know that's that's what unions do. They, they they don't just shout and holler and moan and complain. They actually you know aid um, positive outcomes, uh, and that's what we try and do. And, and you know I, I make that you know again publicly really to Liverpool to to work with us to do that. But, you know we're more than happy to do it. Um, we do, we do have, you know, to be fair, we do have good dialogue and liaison with them, but just sometimes you just feel as though that we're, we're playing catch-up, and I think I might have said last time that sometimes you you, you feel as though you're flip-flopping along behind Liverpool because they're making flip-flop decisions, in, you know. And as I say, if this was part of their long-term strategy, well, we'll talk to us about a long-term strategy, and, and we can work with them on that. I just want to talk to you a little bit about the statement that Spirits of Shankly put out today because uh, it's a little bit stronger than I, than I expected it to be. It obviously it, it celebrates a victory for common sense and it talks about where you know the, the, the situation that, that, that have been in and the fact that, that the, what you believe, which is what you've said for you along, that you didn't think this was unnecessary. It goes on in the last paragraph to talk about corporate greed. It talks about uh, vigilance of the stealth of the club and, and its relentless pursuit of money at all costs. I think someone reading that might feel that that's not exactly an olive branch to Liverpool. I'm just, I'm just interested in your kind of, you know, in terms of space to Shankly, in terms of the, the mindset, if you like, why, why you sort of go too strongly? Is it, is it a case of, is it that way of vigilance that, that kind of comes into it? Is it a reminder to people that you know we, we do need to be kind of vigilant to these things? Well, I, I think, I think it is, John. I mean, I think you know the, the, the problem with this is that you know we, we are fighting a, a, a Premier League um, that is just awash with money, a European. Uh, organisation like UEFA and you know take it onto its biggest level in terms of FIFA in terms of the way they, the way they operate. It is unfortunately all about money, and you know clearly we Spencer Shankly wouldn't have been formed, uh, you know, with, with, without the challenge of, of the, the private sector and the private equity groups who who, who took it on initially. Um, we're owned by private equity now. Um, you know we've seen what happened to to. Dalton, uh, you know, they, they, they were taken to the line at Blackpool. We know what happened to Berry and the tragic circumstances there in terms of the demise completely of the football club. Um, Liverpool must make money. Um, we just wanted to make money in the right way. And, and that's why we're saying that, you know, clearly from that point of view, we want, we want to be vigilant. But in being vigilant, it's also about being holding to account. Um, but it's also being in a position to say, we, we are keeping an eye on you. We, we are watching what's happening. 
So you need to talk to us so that we're not having to do something behind the behind the back door, as it were. Um, uh, you know, it, it is a relentless pursuit of money. And I think, you know, it does sound a little bit sort of harsh in terms of saying any cost. But there was any cost here because it, it, it was going to have a financial uh, and possibly catastrophic, catastrophic um, impact on our local traders. And, and, you know, that can't be acceptable. Joe, thanks a lot for joining us on the phone, and thanks as ever for fighting for the supporters. And it's a, it's a nice a nice victory to save it, isn't it? I mean, you, you say it's a victory for common sense, but it's also a victory for for Spencer Shankly, really, who spent a lot of the two weeks being told that they don't understand trademarks, and then it transpires that they might 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 uh, might understand them a little bit better than Liverpool Football Club. Well, that, let's hope it leads to something you know even more positive in terms of that, and you know we don't want to see it as a kind of a pyrrhic victory. Um, and we're never not seeing it as a victory for ourselves it is just actually absolutely for common sense and, and actually for the city as well that's right joe thanks very much for joining us on the phone and um yeah i'm Please back to on. the studio and it's john Givens now and i'm joined in the studio by chris pajak uh, from redmond tv who's on the weekend of today uh chatting footy but also we're going to grab him for a little while and just just asking how it's going really because i think it's always interesting to, to talk about our businesses really and we don't do it a huge amount for for a variety of reasons really but i think people will be interested to hear a bit more about what you're up to at the moment how it's going for you know, and and then in particular you're looking forward to I'm looking forward to the footy each and every week, first and foremost. I think that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? I think it's a passion project. I know you guys are all in the same boat and girls are all in the same boat. You start doing something because you enjoy it and then it takes on a life of its own. I mean, we started in 2011 yeah. and I never thought I'd be sat here in... It, like we've got our own offices, but I didn't think a podcast yeah. you started that would be, have your own offices and, and turn into what it is. And it's brilliant for me because it's like, and not just us and, and you and, and everybody else that's making a living out of this stuff is because we all love the same football club and we're all able to talk about it in different ways and in interesting ways and showcase stories in interesting in interesting ways. So I love it. I love every single day of it to be honest I used to work in restaurants and I used to get up and not want to go into work and now I'm you know I'm rocking in and like I can't wait what are we talking about today oh the Reds boss <laughs> can't wait can we do a little bit more of that later and it's just lovely to do something that you really enjoy you mentioned there 2011 such a sort of long time to, to be doing anything really um, and sort of especially it feels like this in a way how do you keep it kind of fresh for you how do you keep it kind of challenging because one of my things is that you know I, I, I don't ever want to be doing the, the same type of thing for too long and by that I don't mean the Anfield rap I mean like you know if I'm, if I'm not looking to do things in different ways or I'm not looking to tell different stories or not looking to to maybe put myself in, in slightly sort of uncomfortable positions then, then I get sort of a bit restless really how do you find that? Yeah there are there are aspects of it that you know I probably don't enjoy anywhere near as much as those stuff. I do a show on YouTube that's really, really popular called the Start 11 Prediction Show. For me, it's okay. We've been doing it for years. But I've been doing yeah. it for nine years or something. Probably probably not that long. Probably about seven, six years, something like that. And it's, it's just annoying because I get it wrong every week. And if you do something <laughs> and you get it wrong every single week, it's going to do your head in. And I think that's why people enjoy it. And that's why it's popular. Like, is this lad ever going to cotton on? 
<laughs> every like you, sometimes you're doing it three times a week and you're getting it wrong because if you've got no memory for what's happening around the club and stuff and so there is complaints we've sold and everything yeah, yeah that's it like, <laughs> but it, it is and it's it, to keep it fresh I think you've just got to do different things all the time and you're constantly trying to innovate and improve and you know you're striving to be more than for us just a YouTube channel and you're striving to be looked at like you're more than a YouTube channel as well sometimes and you know I consider I don't consider myself a journalist, but I, it's funny. What's the difference, really, between what we're doing, what you're doing at the Anfield Rap, and what a journalist does? They, they scribble it on paper. We talk about it. There's not much difference. Mm-hmm. And people will like it and they won't like it, and people will agree with your opinions and they won't agree with your opinions. But ultimately, you're all just talking or writing about football. Now, I might not have the contacts and I don't consider myself a journalist because I, I do too much off the top of my head and I don't do enough research and stuff like that. But really, it's not, there's not that much difference nowadays. And the way that the landscape has changed, it's made it more accessible for people like us to go and try and do something that we love. It's interesting that, and it's something that I've thought about a little bit as well. And, you know, the kind of the differences and similarities between sort of fan and traditional media and I think there are things that we look to do differently and I think you know we, we'd never really be bothered about breaking a story for example we'd rather someone else break it and then we'd, we'd, we'd talk about it and try and figure out what it means so for example but then not all journalists are, are, are doing that either and I think it's editorial isn't yeah, it yeah exactly so I think I think where the, there are similarities and what I like is that I think it's all of our jobs if you like to make people enjoy football more and, and to bring the kind of you know, enjoyment. So when I read a fantastic match report that Jonathan Lewis done or something like that, or to read a really good piece about a footballer and, you know, that they didn't know too much about and now I know more of and, and stuff like that. It just it just makes me kind of fall in love with the game just a little bit more kind of thing. And I think that's that's what we try and do as well. And certainly what we're meant to try and do is that, you know, it's 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 one of Neil's things is that this is, you know, that this is the best thing that you do in your life. So so make it kind of the best you can. This is the thing you've chosen and this is the thing that you should it's it's the it's the most important of the least important things type thing and i think i think you guys seem to kind of share that attitude with us really is that football's great so let's make it as fun as we can yeah that's it we try and make fun and engaging content and again it's not for everybody and that's absolutely fine as well you know we're not trying to ram it down people's throats you don't have to follow us on twitter you don't have to subscribe to us on youtube or watch our videos or listen to our stuff we're going to continue to make it anyway because we're enjoying it and there are loads of people around the world who do enjoy it who feel closest to the club for for people like us doing what we do and that makes it worthwhile to me you know people come up to you and go you're just part of me match day routine or you're part of me week and it's like you'll have it yourself I feel like I know you and all that type of stuff because you do you put yourself out there because you might not even realise it at times but you are you you're telling you know I think for me, I, I always try and tell the truth. I think that's the that's the most important thing. And everyone who does this tries to tell the truth because your audience will see through it if you're not. They'll see it if you're having a bad day. They'll see it if you're sick. They'll see it if you're having a good day. They know you because they've been there and they've mm. seen it and they've watched you grow up as well. And, you know, there's so many good aspects to what we do. And yet mentally... It's the bad stuff that always seems to hang with me. It's those two comments of lads or girls that hate me that I go home and I'm sweating about. I'm like, oh, 
fucking hell, man, I really wanted to please everyone today and I failed yet again. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it is, it's, yeah. I, I don't know whether you get it. Like, obviously, you, you've not been on YouTube anywhere near as long as us in the comments that we get. Like, 99% of them are fantastic and it's them one that stick with you and stuff. And it's, gra- it's learning to, to be able to deal with that stuff as well, I think, is something that I didn't think I'd have to do. And then there's all the other facets of running a business that you'd have to learn. And I'm not complaining about it in any way, shape or form, but it's not just what we do in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, is it? There's so much more that goes into it nowadays. I think people wouldn't understand. Like Even like uploading a video, it's not done. You've still, you're about halfway through. You've got that many things to tag and promote and all that type of stuff. And it's all boss stuff, but it is just, it's not like you're swanning around just talking all the time. Like which I think it makes it better for it. It means you're working hard to, to do what you want to do. Yeah, it's. It, I think what you're talking about is the responsibility there, and and when you start taking people on, you've got a responsibility to them, and that's a bit mad because sometimes they look at you and like, oh, what are we gonna do? And you're like, I don't know. To be honest, with you. just sort of making it up. But I'll but I'll make something up, and we'll all go with it if you want. So that'll make you know. So there's responsibility to the people you take on, but also responsibility to the listener. And like you said, there's people who've been with you a long time now, and there's people who say to you, and you say to us as well that that you know that what you what you the part of your part of their lives your part of their week your part of their match day routine your part of them being a Liverpool fan and that's really nice to hear but it's also you've got a responsibility then haven't you you could you know if you just packed in tomorrow there'd be a lot of people who who, who would be upset about that and 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 just not not necessarily even as drastic as that but if you just decided to do less or you decided to do it in a different way you now sort of got a responsibility to to those people who 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 kind of you know either just look forward to it or actually means even more to well, the, the responsibility for me is we're only here because of them hmm. that's where the responsibility comes from of course we want to make them enjoy the content but without them watching it in the first place we wouldn't be making the content still so that's the responsibility element of it you know what I mean I feel like I don't want to waste what they've given me the opportunity to, to do ultimately by them watching by YouTube serving adverts by us creating a website by them taking in what we create is it's like self-fulfilling in a way isn't it and then you've got a responsibility to each other if that makes sense mm. yeah no definitely no definitely and i think it's it, it pushes you on and it makes sure that you when you come in every day you're on it and i think like i think sort of young people are good for that as well and i think one of the best things we've done as a, as a business is, is is kind of take people on and because you know it was necessary for a start but also it just brings new energy like people mm. come in and they go this is brilliant they get to do that and and every time we take someone on they're made up because they're like i can't believe now this is my job and it just reminds you that you are lucky do you know what i mean and when you, you learn so much from younger people as well don't you i mean like i've got i've got um someone banging my head in about tiktok like, you need to get on TikTok there, lad. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, like, it's, 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 it's like, it's, I think it's like a new vine or something oh, like that. But they, but they do push you and they, they push mm. you to do better. And they come at it in different angles that you've not seen. I'm, I'm, I don't watch YouTube. I watch, you know, television like, like most people my age probably would and Netflix all the time and stuff. So I don't see 
the type of content that younger people engage with all the time. So mm. from our point of view, it's great talking about, you need to do this. This is working really well over here. I think our audience should really enjoy that. Do you want to try that? And we'll try something. And that's where you keep on moving forwards and stuff. And we've made mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. And sometimes we've tried to go too technical and try and make it look too good. And then, like, like last season on that start 11 prediction, we went to a, a telly with stats and graphics and after effects things. And it kind of lost its soul, that show. And so we just went back with magnets on a board. And it's so much better because sometimes they fall off and it's funny. Yeah. And, you know, just little things like that where you go, you need to keep being you at the same time. Because you're not Sky. You're never going to have the resources of a Sky. But also, I think one of the things that I try to do anyway for, for our subscribers is make them feel like they've it's worth the time. Yeah. You know, like... I know you guys do your, your, your shows about with the stats and the second look and all that type of stuff, and that's the stuff that really interests me. I spend loads and lo far too much time doing a stats and tactics show on ours, but if I feel like someone's learned something, then that's, that's good. And it's mm. not all coming out of my brain because I'm not a football coach in any way, shape or form, but I have the time, like every other fan who would be in my position would have the time to sit and look through this stuff and try and get better at it. I think that's another thing, isn't it? It's like, I'm not saying I'm a football coach, I'm not trying to say I'm a tactical genius, but I've just got the time where you're using a nine to five. I get to look into this stuff yeah. and I'm going to show you what I've found and yeah. you make your own decisions on whether it's good. And I, I hate to sit there and, and think I'm, I'm wasting my time watching a TV program like if I pick my phone up during a TV program that like is maybe a Netflix I, I I will stop watching Netflix because I feel like oh, I'm not even engaged in this what's the point if I'm not enjoying it and I'm on Twitter why am I bothering my ass with an hour of this or potentially five seasons of it whereas I don't want people to feel like that I want people to go oh you know what I came out of that and I learned something or that was a really interesting perspective I completely disagree with it but I've not thought of it from that side before so there's loads of different things that make what we're doing boss I love all of it. Do you, you did a chat with Neil recently on, on Redman TV. It was uh, really good. Uh, I watched it um, when I was on maternity leave. It was it was it was it was nice to kind of you know hear Neil talk about the business, and he brought up things that I'd forgotten or, or kind of you know just don't really think about. And so he, made, he was talking a lot about like um, not taking it in often enough. Yeah, and, and I was wondering if that was something that you can kind of relate to. Hundred percent. To be honest, the whole time he was sitting there, I just wanted to jump over and let, and speak over him and stuff. But I think you're. you're have to take yourself out of that at times don't you um because what he was saying was absolute gold and i related to it so much you know quite often we'll turn around in a mad way and just be like what are we doing here this is amazing like how have we how have we got to do this now and you know america was a, a massive highlight for me in the summer and sitting down with jürgen and and, and and everything that goes in that and you just like you just feel like you're the luckiest person in the world, and I think you get imposter. I get imposter syndrome. I'm like, wow, oh, I got in here. Like, what's going on? Why? Why do people give a shit what I'm thinking? It's madness. It, like it, but we all like to hear people talk about stuff that we like. Mm. You know, it's why throne casts exist for Game of Thrones fans. It's why the Talking Dead exists for Walking Dead fans. And it's why what we do exists for football fans, because not everybody is like, I've got a really close group of mates that I used to go and watch the footy with all the time, and, and we go to the pub and we talk about it. Not everyone's got that. Mm. So it's nice to be able to bridge that gap for other people, but certainly what Neil was talking about and not taking it all in and not looking back enough, we, you know, you can count. We might get to the end of the season and go, what? Because sometimes you just it's a grind. You've got this many shows to do a week and you just want to continue to do it. 
Um, but yeah, you, you do need to stop and just sort of smell the roses as it were. Well, yeah, we'll both try and do that more often. We'll just go for a beer and we'll talk about it all. We'll talk about America and stuff like that because it was fantastic. And we it's great to see us. Air, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> was that yeah. the most drunk that was ever on an Anfield rap show or is that still something I mean, I've, I've had some good goes at that, to be honest with you, Chris. Um, I, I couldn't had... listen to it back. <laughs> People were saying you need to watch that back and I was like, I'm not watching Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right, yeah. Um, you still enjoying it? you excited about the future? Have you got stuff that you, you're looking forward to getting your teeth stuck into? Yeah, there's, lo- there's loads of different things that we're sort of planning and stuff again we are in the planning stage of a lot of this stuff we wanted to do it in the summer but obviously with winning the Champions League and what felt like a three week break we just didn't get enough time to really get our ducks in line Um, but you know we want to branch out and do some more really really thoughtful content and, and stuff that you'd have to put a lot of time in YouTube's not really the place for a lot of that stuff for us um, because with the way the YouTube algorithm works, once you put a video up, the next one's dead, mm. essentially. So you might spend three months on a video and you might love it and you might love everything about it and you put it up and then you break a new story that someone's hurt the foot and that three months work's gone yeah. because YouTube won't promote that video anymore because they're seeing a more popular video on your site. Um, so we need to find a way where we can engineer a, a place for that and that's the thing that we're working on at the moment so we can do some more cool stuff that will be more evergreen, I suppose. Exciting stuff. Uh, best of luck with it. It's great Thank to you. see how well you're doing. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in. And yeah, we're just going to talk crap about footy now, so we'll go back to that. <laughs> it's John Gibbons here for the Anfield Rap, and I'm back to talk about Harry's, Harry's Razors, who've supported the Anfield Rap for quite a while now, and we do appreciate that they do that. And we also appreciate when they send us goodies for the post, they've sent us another trial set this week, and that's really good because it means someone else at the Anfield Rap can get stuck in and see what Harry's are all about. And what they're all about is quality razors at a very, very reasonable price. Uh, I've used Harry's for a while since they've sent me the trial sets I now kind of get things through the post from them and I'm really pleased with it personally I've got very sensitive skin uh, you wouldn't think it necessarily to look at me but I am I've got sensitive skin so I need a good razor and more importantly need good shaving gel to stop myself uh, cutting and uh, looking all bloody on videos and things like that um, so Harry's has worked really well for me I like the price I like the fact that they send it out to me and because I am um, the Base it on how much you shave, you know, you get it when you, when you need it and it comes through kind of, you know, just, just as you're running out, which is also also good. So if you want to give Harry's a go, and we, as I say, we would encourage you to do so, um, you, you just need to go to harrys.com forward slash Anfield. That's harrys.com forward slash Anfield. And you could order your trial set. And what comes in a trial set, I hear you ask, it includes a razor handle, a five-blade cartridge, foaming shaving gel, and a travel blade cover that all comes to you and three ninety five is all it will cost and then you give it a go basically and then if you if it changes it revolutionizes the way that you shave then you stick with it and if you enjoy it that's great if it's not for you then you can cancel at any time and harry's won't mind at all because there are plenty people all around the world now sticking with them and so they're doing well and that is very good and i'm glad that we have been a part of it so yeah, I can personally endorse Harry's. It works well for me. Um, the price is good. And yeah, it's a, it's a good product. So if you want to give it a try, harrys.com forward slash Anfield. That is harrys.com forward slash Anfield. And thanks to Harry's for continuing to support the Anfield app. Yeah, delighted to be joined by Richard Sutcliffe. Um, Richard Sheffield, probably one of the one of the favourites to go down before the season started, but they've arguably been the, the surprise package of the season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, I've- Seen a lot of them over the uh, over the last three years on this rise from League One 
And uh, but it's fair to say, I don't think I read one preview before the season that didn't have uh, Sheffield United down as twentieth. Um, so obviously they came up and for. for by their um, history, they spent 45 million, which is unprecedented uh, for Sheffield United. But obviously, it's small beer in the Premier League is that, and they went for like a lot of players who've done very well in the Championship. So you understand why they've been written off in most quarters. But you know, I've, I've, I've seen the spirit that they've got, and you know, there is ability in this team as well. So, uh, so yeah, no, we've I've not been surprised by how they've started. Obviously, a couple of results have been surprising with uh, winning at Everton, maybe, and, and certainly getting a point at Chelsea. But I thought they'd acquit themselves well, but most newly promoted sides do at this stage of the season. I think the big test coming sort of November, December. Yeah, I think the majority of the, the surprise sort of probably comes from the outside looking in, and maybe that's a bit of you know the Premier League's ignorance almost for, for sides that do come up from from the Championship. But do you think it should be such a surprise? Because you know, if, if you look at it on the face of it, Chris Wilder's just come off the back of winning LMA Manager of the Season. He, you know, he's beating the likes of Pep Guardiola and, and Jurgen Klopp to that award. Maybe we, you know, we shouldn't be so shocked by this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously the people who, who who have seen what he was up against and what resources he had as well. But I think that also explains possibly why people do write them off. Same with Norwich, to be fair. You know, they've spent something like, I think, two, two and a half million this summer. So most people will write them off naturally. But, you know, a lot of people won't have actually seen them in in the Championship. They were the best team in the Championship and they had the best goal scorer um, as well. So, you know, people in the Championship will have known what the, those two could do. But... You know, you've got you've got to earn that right once you get up. And if people haven't seen them before, then it's up to Sheffield United to to prove them wrong. But as I say, it's it's, it's not going to be easy. But the, you know, they've made a good start, and uh, I've been encouraged by how well they've played as well, not just the points. And just how good is Chris Wilder? Because it's it's ironic, really, that we're talking about this, you know, this Premier League ignorance. Because you you sort of see pundits and and the like talking about Sheffield as almost being these you know these plucky underdogs who've come up. And I suppose they are in in the, in the context of what we've spoke about so far. But they talk about Chris Wilder as if he's this manager who's who's perhaps working miracles. But is is it just that he genuinely is you know a, a massively talented manager that we're seeing, and, and we should almost harness that because you know he's he's an English manager as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously the route he's taken as well. You know, it's, it's, I first got to know him, know him properly when he was at Halifax Town. You know, and when they went bust, he was there for six years and they went bust at the end of it. But we almost got him into the Football League and, and then he was there at Oxford, Northampton. You know, he's had a spell as a coach at Bury and, you know, they're not glamorous places where, you know, the next great manager is expected to, to be. So obviously he's, he's had to take a, a long route to get to where he is at the moment. But he's done brilliantly, and it's you know you you, you watch his sides, and uh, obviously the overlapping centre backs people have uh, sort of woken up to now. But it's 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 the spirit he creates amongst them. You know that's obviously what about as good a player at Halifax or at Oxford or at Northampton as he's got in the Premier League with Sheffield United. But one thing that's exactly the same is the spirit and the camaraderie. Even you know how far that can take him in the Premier League, we're, we're going to find out. But you know, certainly in the championship, when everyone everyone expected Leeds to be the side that uh, that went up with Norwich, it was Sheffield United who held the held the nerve when when Leeds sort of wilted away over Easter. So that got me to put down to the manager because he took the pressure off, and he pulls people together. You know, if they're struggling, you know that they, they don't. You know, they'll, they'll keep going as we've seen already. They got a last minute equaliser at Bournemouth and a last minute equaliser at, at Chelsea. So you know, that never said die spirit is going to be crucial. I think. And in terms of the, the stars of the season, you mentioned the overlapping centre-halves. I, I would quite like to get onto that in a minute, but it is the defenders who, who've taken a lot of the plaudits. But is there anyone else in that Sheffield team who, you know, Liverpool fans should be looking out for or, or you know, Liverpool's experts, I suppose, should should be looking out for and highlighting them as, as, as the danger men for Sheffield in this tie? 
it's difficult when you're coming up against Liverpool to pinpoint anybody who's going to be a danger man. Um, obviously, Liverpool are just so, so good. Um, it's like I said, it's the team ethos, really. You know, they've, I'm very, I think they've, I think they've got seven goals, but uh, not one of not one player's got two goals yet. Um, so that shows how it's not, you know, it's not like somebody's come up and got four goals for them out of seven, and he's the key man. If you stop him, you stop Sheffield United. You know, they can all chip in. You know, both wing backs get forward. The two outside centre half both get forward. You know, the midfield loves getting forward. Ollie Norwood's probably the only one who stays back. It's, it's a team effort, and that's you know, that's what's gotten this far. And if they are going to uh, upset the odds, then it's the team that's going to do it. And you mentioned the, the overlapping centre-halves. I've, I've got to be honest, when I first heard that as, as a phrase, I think it was a bit earlier on in the season, probably when, when, when they beat Crystal Palace. And uh, and I was looking at it thinking, oh, I, I quite enjoyed to see that happen, you know, live in the flesh. I'm particularly thinking in terms of Liverpool's front three, because it, it does sound like something that can be exploited. You know, when, when you think about the idea of overla- overlapping centre-halves, it, it just sounds mad, but it seems like a formula that's, that's really working for Chris Wilder at the moment. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's tempered this season. You know, last season you'd watch them and, you know, I've interviewed John Egan many times. There's the sort of pivot of the back three. He stays back all the time. And he'd look around and say, there's Ollie Ollie Norwood here. Everyone's disappeared because you'd have Jack O'Connell charging down the left-hand side. He'd be crossing it. And Chris Basham, who's the other centre-half, he's coming in on the right-hand side. But you can't do that in the Premier League, obviously. Sheffield United uh, beat Everton at the weekend. And uh, I didn't see the two cent- the two so-called overlapping centre-halves do much overlapping at all. In fact, for, for a lot of the game, and it was a very good defensive performance, but it was a back five. So they've had to temper it, and I, I can see it being something of a back five. You know, you can't have three against three um, against against Liverpool's front three and, and, and allow one of your centre-halves to go wandering, well, not wandering forward, in, in getting forward. Because, you know, if, if any team in the world is going to punish that, then it's Liverpool. So I, I, I don't know if we'll see too much. I mean, obviously, if, if they're chasing the game, then it might happen. And uh, But I think it'll be more of a sort of surprise element than like, last season. It was a constant thing. But, it, you know, when it works, which it did in the Championship and certainly in League One, it, it's brilliant to watch. You know, the football is fantastic, but it's definitely up to temper since they came up because, you know, the first home, well, the first, but the first defeat of the season was against Leicester and Chris Basham brought the ball out of defence and he had it whipped up in by Perez. One touch from Madison put Vardy through and Vardy had scored first touch as well. And you thought, yeah, that's, that's what we're up against here. It's sort of one of them moments when you think... Yeah, this is a tough league, is this? So, uh, no, I, I don't, don't expect to, to see both of them charging down the wing on uh, on Saturday lunchtime. Definitely not. That is interesting because I've seen Chris Wilder talking in the build about maybe going with a more pragmatic approach against Liverpool and I think a lot of people expected that but it's, it's almost a change in tactic for, for Sheffield United isn't it? It is, it is you know a change from the norm of having those three centre-halves to, to go into more of a back five. Do you think that that could maybe you know backfire in the end because even though they are going for a more defensive strategy to sort of try and keep Liverpool out almost in having the, the lack of familiarity Liverpool might be able to then exploit that as well. Yeah it's getting that balance isn't it really? <laughs> I've noticed they've been quite conservative in first half this season um, I'm, I'm never quite sure if that's by accident or by design because you know, when we've spoken to Chris after matches he'd say no, I, I, I want you know I was disappointed with the first half because they didn't get forward uh, he was disappointed after after Everton to be fair because he didn't think we'd been good enough in possession and that's why the centre-backs didn't get forward you know he, he, he maintained he, he sent them out with if he can get forward do so but you know, you, okay, this is a it's a whole new level now. You know, there's two teams in the Premier League that are streets ahead of even your Tottenham's and your Chelsea's and your Arsenal's. You know, and it's yourselves and Man City. And you've you've, you've got to be careful because you know what you don't want is uh, is to see you know see the team picked apart because that can affect confidence. It's, 
you know, before I moved to the Athletic, I was at the Yorkshire Post and covered Huddersfield Town when they came up their first season and they came out of the, uh, you know, obviously Jurgen Klopp's big pal, David Wagner, spoke to him pre-season and says, yeah, we're still doing gig and pressing, we're still going to do this, still going to do that, take the game to the opposition, which they did for the first five, six games, got nine points. Then they played Tottenham at home and they were 3-0 down after 20 minutes. And it sort of just shattered the confidence and all the tactics changed after that. So it's, it's just striking a balance, really. You know, I don't think many people outside the home dressing room maybe expect um, Sheffield United to get anything on Saturday. But I suppose as we saw with Norwich the other week, you never know. Yeah, I think anything can happen in this league. We've seen that, as you say, a number of times this season, but I think yeah. uh, we could have an exciting game in prospect anyway. But uh, Richard, thank you very much for joining us. I'll hand you back to the lads in the studio now. I trust all that was excellent. You are now back into the studio with myself, John Gibbons, hosting. I'm joined still by Adam Mealy, by Stu Wright, by Chris Pajak, by Philippa Smallwood, uh, Andy Heaton still on the ones and twos. And we are going to look ahead to Sheffield United away. And Chris, they're doing all right. They're 10th in the league. Uh, they're the best so far of the promoted teams. They beat Everton last week which you know no mean feat uh, and I think we're going to have to be quite good to go there and win they're going to be up for it the crowd will be up for it it's the European champions in town which is something we're going to have to face kind of wherever we go now really and um, yeah I think I think we will play well but I think we'll have to if we want to win the game yeah I think you know they drew two all with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge didn't they so mm-hmm. it's the first big team to go to the Bramall Lane as well this season in their first season back in the Prem for a while so their crowd's going to be up for at half 12 so we know all about that they seem like a well drilled side from what I've seen of them so far this season they know each other's roles and they know what they've got to do to try and get something out of a game of footy so I think it'll be a tough game to be honest with you and the rest of the 11 players in the League Cup yeah. they got beaten 1-0 by Sunderland and they literally changed 11 players so there's not going to be any uh, you know they're not going to be tied or anything like that they'll have been focusing on this game and hoping they get three points and look John at the end of the day mate they're on the same points as, as Chelsea Tottenham and United so I mean, if we take them seriously you've got to take Sheffield United seriously Are you excited to see overlapping centre-backs Stu? Yeah I am well, no, do you know what I was thinking to be honest I don't reckon we're going to see much of them which is a shame because I was excited to see them I just do don't think, think yeah That's I do I do and, and I believe in some games this season where you know there's certain, there's certain patches in games where they've been under pressure they've held them back um, and I think for the majority you know Mane and Salah you're not going to want to abandon ship eye at the back so you can <laughs> go and overlap it would be so it would be great it would be, it'd be some game like I can't see it happening but you know, I think um, I think they're one of the most likeable teams in the league you know it's early doors to say that but I think they're enjoyable to watch the manager seems sound he seems yeah, like a really good fella and he seems pretty switched on pretty smart as well and a bit of an innovator um, so I, I think it's just it's just I suppose it's a shame that I don't think we will see them necessarily at their most wild and most exciting no pun intended yeah no pun in, yeah no pun intended well done yeah didn't see that coming. <laughs> definitely no pun intended <laughs> you didn't even get it when I, I said it, get it no. uh, Adam you lived in Sheffield for a while what was your Sheffield United position uh, well I didn't uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I just spent uh, a lot of time like, just, uh, like no. Alex Turner in Liverpool in the early yeah. 2000s yeah like that cancelling tour dates <laughs> after I've been to Liverpool um, but yeah no I've, I've, I've got some Sheffield experience um, yeah the, the surprise package aren't they Sheffield United and um, <laughs> I, I, I do actually I'm, I'm, I'm got slight concerns I'm looking forward to it being 10 to 15 minutes in so that's how I know I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervy about the game because I sort of want us to kick off and for it to show me that everything's going to be fine again um, B, 
Big Anthony Taylor of Withenshaw's refereeing. Oh, ref watch. Ref watch. One of my keys. <laughs> one of my key jobs. What you bring? What I bring. Ref watch. And I think he is um, a bit of a. I, I'd rather have him at Anfield. I think I think he's a bit of a home ref sometimes, as well as being from Manchester and not liking us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see these. Uh, I'd like to see these centre halves overlapping, just charging up the field. So in terms of Liverpool, um, apart from Stu, who's picking Kelleher, um, is everyone pretty much going with the team we played last week? You'd have thought. I think so. Um... It'd be surprised if he starts anyone again to me who played Wednesday. Yeah. So that's also suggested to me, Philippa, that it'll be same again from 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 the weekend's win yeah. against Chelsea. I can't imagine unless somebody's got to get from the glass on the back. I can imagine him changing it from last weekend's team. You know, to go away to Chelsea and come away with three points. I don't think you, you really want to make any changes there. The guard's a nice rest during midweek. And... Mane had a dead leg, didn't he? Yeah. But then the, the only one. Well, the... he, he didn't rule out of the Chelsea game. Oh, really? Uh, did he? So he did say, I'm not ruling Origi out and then didn't play him. Well, because that was what I was going to say is that Origi and Shakiri are sort of two of your main subs that you'd say could come in and they're both, you know, not, not fully fit. Or, no, so I, I, I'm looking at it and go, I, I, I'm a pessimist at heart, I think, sometimes, and I, like, plan for the worst-case scenario. I want Manny. Manny will start if he's fit, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. He'll start, obviously. But if he's not, and there's no Shakiri and no Origi and no Mane, I think you've got a genuine, uh, quite an interesting question then. <laughs> it's Elliot, it might be Keller on the left wing. Um, but it could it could be Wijnaldum on the left and Milner in the middle, or, you know, I don't know, I don't know what on the left, maybe. But then he's just played 60 he has, yeah. and he hasn't played since the Community Shield. Yeah. So and the fact that he that? comes off after 60 and Klopp says it's, you know, it's the medical team saying 60. It was bang on 60 yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I love him bang. really 60, so. Listen, <laughs> 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 I mean, the team just sort of does, does pick itself, Stu, and that's that's a, I think a good thing and a bad thing. In that you know we've we've just sort of said there, there's not maybe quite as many options to, to shuffle the pack as moments as you like for a variety of reasons. But also, I think there's a lot of teams in this league who quite to know quite like to know what the best eleven is. Manchester United, for one, remember them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we spent last season saying the front three, the front three in previews, but it now feels like the front three. The midfield three, the back four, the back four. You know, it, it feels very much that it is in a very much established eleven. I would like, if circumstances had been different, if perhaps Kaita or Oxley Chamberlain had, um, were a bit fresher and a bit fitter, then I think this is the type of game where I'd like to put one of them into the midfield. I think mm. because I suspect that um, I hope I'm wrong, but I suspect that Sheffield United could well be quite tough to break down. Uh, some, uh, on Saturday, so I think having uh, someone I, I, you know in the eight position who can beat a man, can look to break lines, can uh, offer something different would be a useful option. And we're going to get to the stage of a seat of the season very shortly where I think we need reliable options to do that. So this is a good time to to bring someone in who's a bit more creative, like, like a Kaita, really. A bit more unpredictable. I, I've seen I've seen a few people criticise Wayne Alden for his performance at Stamford Bridge, which I I disagree with. Um, I, I I do know what you mean though. I think if we do, if we're going to need 
Um, if if when if and when we do need to to change things up, it is going to be around that more creativity in midfield. Yeah. And just because it's such a fixed eleven, it's like they, they, when when we do drop someone in, they're going to be quite cold, aren't they? It's not a criticism of the, no. of the established three in midfield because I think they've been great. I think so what I was going to say it's about Wijnaldum, yeah, about Wijnaldum, just to sort of uh, flesh that out, is that I when when we've seen him not play, I think you really notice him yeah. not not being there. Like when when we've played Milner in that position, he's just been a real ragged version of Wijnaldum and you sort of think oh well that's the that's the, that's what Wijnaldum's doing really smoothly so you don't notice it as much we need to anticipate though that I'm, I'm a big fan of Gini Wijnaldum but every season there is a period in the season where he dips, it, he dips and it's either because he, he, he's got no legs left mm. or what but he definitely dips typically for you know a month or so and then he, he, he comes back it and was I think, just before it, the, the, the Barcelona Second leg, I think. Yeah. I think he was he was being he quite dropped for that, yeah, he? yeah. And he was he was being quite reasonably sort of criticised and and dropped. Around and I think that that's time. why he bounces back because he ends yeah. up being run into the ground. He dips, probably keeps his place for a couple of games, and then he gets dropped. And we're all like, okay, yeah, he needs he needs to be dropped, and then he come, you know he gets back on the team and he's flying again. But I, I think I think the the you know there is likely to be a time where we are going to need those other two, and I think they are the most likely options. And I also think that they are the the two options that offer us something different from the existing three. They offer us the ability to take a man take a man out the game. Mm-hmm. Take I mean, case has got it in his locker to take two men out the game very very quickly with a, a little shuffle and play someone in. He's got his head up all the time, um, and Oxley Chamberlain offers us that, that that those shots from distance um, so I, I think if we're going to who would you say who's closest it's a bit of a foot race between them two I think to be that I, I think I, for me for me, I'm, I'm just you just want it to come right for Cater I think I think there's an emotional thing of Oxlade-Chamberlain after what he's been through and he had this, this patch before he got injured where you know everything he went in uh, and always against Manchester City it seemed like we played him every week and he scores every week from 30 yards but um but with Katie, you just feel that there's there's something that it's just not quite clicked yet. It's not quite happened. We've seen little moments, but it does feel like if it ever does come together for him, we could have some player there. You know, there's a lad that that's a lad that needs ten games on the on the box. Yeah. I think doesn't it? Before you see what he what he is about properly, because he's a proper like you were saying there. He can take two men out. He's an enigma. Mm. He, he runs funny, dribbles funny, and I just think there's lads there who've played for twenty five years that are going. Why, 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 yeah. why, what is this dribbler? No one dribbles like this. How can you stop that like yeah. really, that's, but he, that's the best to do way that, for it. he's going to need know. to be fifth for 10 games yeah that's the you problem, know that's that's, it? that's that's it that, my my issue it, it, the only i mean whether injury prone or not it, it it takes ages to recover from these from these knocks and that's that's been something that's 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 delayed as much as anything else because when he has been injured you know it, from uh, Klopp always says for me as a fast healer i think Kaiser seems like a bit of a slow yeah. healer doesn't he so but yeah if we if we're going to win the league no, when we win the league, <laughs> I think it will be though with a, a big contribution from one of those two players, yeah. from either Ox or Cater, because I, I, I think I think to do it that midfield that we've currently got is great, and it'll it'll grant to most teams, and it, you know, but but there'll be times in the season where you need something different. So times you need someone to, to break those lines and offer something. I think they'll both half of the season. I think, you know, we can't underestimate how bad his injury was and quite often you'll see players take six months of actually being back playing proper football to actually getting back into the full rhythm. Um, and like everybody else, really, I think he's, he's 
almost trying a little bit too hard at the moment. He's kind of frustrated. He wants to be able to do everything that he's been able to do before, and he's just not quite able to do that as well. Mm. Um, and I, I genuinely think that if one of them's to get a bit of a shout at the weekend, I think Cater is slightly ahead of him at the moment, just on pure ability the, at this moment. They like... Um big big picture of the season I think uh, the the issue we still haven't solved is 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 what do we do without Firmino so if there's if this this sort of if this this good problem we have around is it is it Oxo is it Cater can can go some way to solving that problem in, in terms of shuffling the, the mm. formation around a bit I think we'll be well on the way because that 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 sticky patch last season of Old Trafford and Goodison when uh, and, and and when when it looked like you know Bobby'd run out of legs and got injured and we just suddenly ran out of steam a little bit um you know that's that's whenever it comes there will come a point where where it'll it'll come on top it'll be crunch time this season and, and we'll have to grit it out and that's when we might need to do different things and i think if if and when we do need to to not have Firmino there this that, that kaita being part of that solution i think might be might be the answer just on the midfielders for me i think you know Stu's right i think th- those lads will have something to say about the end of the season and stuff and i think historically what we've seen from Klopp while he's been liverpool manager is the front three and the back four do stay the same. Right now, it's only staying the same because there's no other option. And I think when it comes to the middle part of the season and the latter part of the season, he'll just go back to rotating those lads mm. and picking horses for courses and all that type of stuff. Because that's what he's done. He's spoken about it loads of times, that he wants fresh legs in that midfield because they work so hard. It's just, I think he's a little bit hamstrung at the moment. Okay, does everyone think we're going to win? Oh, yeah. 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 Good news. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us in the room and obviously all the callers as well. That's been a weekend there. Enjoy the football. Enjoy Liverpool. We're top of the league. It's a time to be having fun and I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely be still top Saturday night, but I reckon it'll be a bit of a buffer too. Sports Social Podcast Network.